Welcome to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. In this episode, you'll hear Senior Manager of Content Editorial, Caitlin Sims, in conversation with Principal Dancer, Esteban Hernandez. This episode was recorded on Friday, January 24th, 2020, before a performance of Christopher Wielden's Cinderella. Hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome to tonight's Meet the Artist interview. Um... I'm Caitlin Sims. I am the Senior Manager of Content and Editorial here at San Francisco Ballet, better. And I wanted to let you know that this is one of many audience engagement programs we have here at San Francisco Ballet. You can look at our website, sfballet.org backslash events to find out more. Um, and this, is, this will be on our podcast, which is available on all, wherever you can find your podcasts. Um, I'm here with Esteban Hernandez, who, he was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, so he, yes, he was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. Uh, he trained at the Rock School for Dance Education and the Royal Ballet School. Um, he joined San Francisco Ballet as a member of the Corps de Ballet in 2013. Then he was promoted to soloist in 2017 and principal dancer in 2018. Thank you. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so I thought we'd start out by how you started out in dance and you know why you started and, and um, how you got to the Rock School and, and Royal Ballet School and here. Yeah. Um, hello. Uh, I, uh, well, one part that, uh, that wasn't mentioned is that uh, I actually started my training with my, with my father. Uh, my dad was my, my first teacher. Uh, he was a professional ballet dancer. Um, he started late. He started when he was 16. Kind of ran away from home and in order to pursue it because uh, his, his, uh, uh, his parents didn't really approve of it, uh, so he he he's originally from Monterrey, uh, Monterrey, Nuevo León, and uh, in order for him to find out what dance was about, he moved to Mexico City, uh, and uh, had to learn very quickly. Uh, within two years of starting dance, uh, he moved to New York where uh, he attended uh, the Harkness Institute. Uh, he got a, an offer to stay there uh, from uh, David Howard. And uh, anyway, he had a crazy life, <laughs> but somehow ended up in, in Guadalajara um, with 10 children. And... <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I'm... Uh, I'm number eight. <laughs> I was born eight. Um, and uh, so with, with ten kids and, you know, not uh, a lot of resources, uh, he was kind of looking for, for an outlet for us to kind of exercise until we were asleep. <laughs> um, so, so he decided to, to, teach, to teach us how to dance. And uh, I, don't, I don't think his intention was ever for us to become professional or anything like that. It was, it was literally just to like, burn off some energy. Um, and 
it, it started all of a sudden to become something else um, when my brother, uh, I have an older brother, his name is Isaac, and uh, he was, uh, he's a former soloist here and uh, now a, a lead principal dancer with the English National Ballet. Uh, he, he liked ballet and really had, I don't know, the, the talent, so something, something, there was something in him that my, my father was able to recognize. And, uh, and so he started training him more seriously. And at the time when, when he started teaching all of my other siblings, I was, I was too young to, to take part, but I, I would always watch and uh, all of this happened in, 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 my, in my house, in our backyard. Uh, my dad kind of built uh, bars, like uh, these makeshift bars where we used to uh, hang our laundry. So it was our laundry, laundry room and um, ballet studio. It was, all, it was outdoors, so when there was rain, when it would rain, uh, we would go inside and wait it out, and then when it would be dry enough, we would go back out and, and keep dancing. Um, so it, it, it happened like that. I, I watched my brother and my dad uh, work together, and, and there was something about it that, that called my attention. I, I really, I, I, I don't remember ever not liking dance. Uh, I remember from, from the minute that, that I saw it, I, I actually asked my dad to teach me. And, and so when I, was, when I was seven years old, I, I went up to him and I was like, I, I'd like to learn too. Why don't you teach me? And, uh, and he made it really clear. He was like, you understand what you're asking me to do. And I'm like, yes. And I was like, I want to be a professional ballet dancer. And he was like, ooh. I don't think you understand what it, what it means to be a professional ballet dancer. You have to understand that, that in order to achieve what you're trying to achieve, uh, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into it. There's a lot of time spent uh, of your childhood, I guess you could say, that you, you're not going to be able to do normal things like, um, like sports or other things. So you're going to have to commit to this. I was like, and even if you make it, which is rare, uh, given what the dance world is like, uh, he said it would be really difficult. He was like, you're probably not going to make a lot of money. You have to understand what you're, what you're asking me to do. And I was like, yeah, of course, teach me. <laughs> and so I started, that, that's how I started. Uh, I studied with my dad for four years, and uh, after that, I, uh, I went to a competition in New York. Uh, at the time, my brother had already left. He had, gotten a he had received a scholarship to study at the Rock School uh, in Philadelphia. And uh, so I went to this, uh, the Youth America Grand Prix, and uh, I got a scholarship to study at the, at the Rock School. Uh, I spent uh, three, uh, three years uh, at the rock school, and after that, I received a, a different scholarship to study at the Royal Ballet School. And uh, that was, uh, it was, I mean, both of those scholarships were, were life-changing, but I think because of the time that I was at in my life, the, 
the scholarship to study in London and to move away from home and to kind of have to be independent at 16 years old, I, uh, it, it really was uh, life-changing. <laughs> um, after I graduated from London, I, uh, I received a job offer to come join the San Francisco Ballet, and here I am today. <laughs> <laughs> so continuing from there, mm -hmm. can you talk about joining this company and the transition into professional life? And Yeah, um, yeah of course. I, uh, it, was a really, it was a really quick transition for me. It was, uh, it was crazy because I arrived late. I believe that the season that year started on, let's say, like July 7th or something like that. Uh, but my school year in London, my graduation performance was on the 13th of July. So I arrived late. I arrived a week late to work. But it was literally from one day to another. I, one night I was uh, on the Royal uh, Opera House stage graduating, doing my last performance over there. The next morning I got on a plane, and the next day I was, I was here. I was taking class with the, with the San Francisco Ballet. So it was... Uh, I, I guess I like didn't really have time to process it at the time. It all happened happened so quickly, and all of a sudden I was in a new place, surrounded by new people, and not really knowing what to expect. Um, but it was uh, it was I was familiar with a lot of the a lot of the people in the company because of my brother, and I used to come come visit uh, him whenever I had breaks, uh, which always happened to be around Nutcracker. So, <laughs> so even even before I joined the company, uh, I watched. I I cannot even tell you how many Nutcrackers, um, because my because my, my brother was always at the theater uh, doing shows, and so rather than stay at home, I would always be here at the theater. So I was I was somewhat familiar with the environment and with the with the dancers. And I think that that helped a lot. It helped uh, make me not feel like I was so alone. Uh, I was. I felt like like if I needed anything, I could go up to to some of my brother's friends, and uh, and that they would help me. Um, so that that really made it because you easier. didn't overlap, correct? No, we didn't. It would have been nice. <laughs> um, I still think. It would be nice uh, to work in the same place at some point, but you never know. <laughs> Does San Francisco feel like home now? Yes, yes, very much. Uh, I think I, I always liked uh, the city, and I always liked the company from, from whenever I used to come and visit. Uh, and I've been here, this is my seventh season, uh, but I've been here for six, six years now. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it does feel like home. <laughs> so you were promoted relatively quickly and then promoted again very quickly. Can you talk about the promotion to principal and how you found out and if it's changed anything or yeah, what's um, about it? It was... Uh, <laughs> I feel like everyone say, says that and it sounds really cliche, but it was really unexpected. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even think of it as a possibility in the near future or anything like that. And 
I, I don't know, I always just came in and did my job and tried to do it as best as I could. Uh, so this promotion to, to principal, it, it literally came out of nowhere. Uh, it was sometime last season uh, during like program five or something like that. And, and then one day uh, Helgi was teaching class and then after class, uh, he kind of gathered everyone and announced that he had uh, some promotions. And he promoted uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin Conley to soloist and Madison Kiesler to soloist. And then he's like, and I have one more. And uh, you know, like I, I wasn't really paying attention because I was like, oh, that's cool, that's, that's exciting. And then all of a sudden, he just like points at me and it's like, Esteban, and I was like, what? <laughs> I, I really... I don't know. Like I couldn't believe it. It was, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> um, but for sure, a, a, a dream come true. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so we are aware that you you do still go home to Guadalajara a fair amount, and have started a program there with your brother. And San Francisco Ballet School had auditions there this last. Mm -hmm year, earlier, no, last year. Yes. Can you talk about the program that you started there? Yeah. Um, my brother and my sister, my oldest sister, um, she's kind of been like a mom to all of us at some point <laughs> because of like how crazy everything has been. Um, but she's always been very involved in in the arts and wanting to promote the arts, uh, particularly in Mexico, uh, and and kind of use our our story and our experiences as a way to 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 promote dance and to to create this uh, consciousness that uh, the arts and and can can transform lives. They they really are. It's a it's a way for for people to to live lives that they couldn't even imagine were possible. Um, so my brother, <clears throat> my brother and I and my sister, we uh, started a, uh, an arts production company called uh, Soul Arts Productions. Uh, we've been. It started uh, with just performances. Uh, we would put up put put together a show. Uh, either in Mexico City or Guadalajara, uh, once a year, every summer, um, where we would invite people from all over the world, uh, friends, uh, any anybody that that wanted to come, basically, um, and we would do these shows, and it, it evolved quite a bit. Uh, it was amazing to see the the response from the Mexican audiences. Because you you think of Mexico and you would never imagine that uh, that people love ballet, they love dance. It, it's really amazing because anybody that that uh, has gone to those shows and those performances, all of the dancers are always amazed because they're like, I had no idea. They they feel like like rock stars because you see the lines of people, the lines of uh, kids, teenagers, parents, grandparents, everyone uh, loves 
coming to, to those shows. Um, we started in uh, at Palacio de Bellas Artes, which is uh, uh, one of the main theaters in Mexico City. It seats about 2,000 people. And uh, eventually we moved to an auditorium, uh, which is more like an arena, is where, uh, like, if you were to go see Beyonce in Mexico, that's where she performs. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's 10,000 seats, and every show that we've done has been completely sold out. Um, so it, it really has been amazing to see the, the, the change and to be a part of the, the, the transformation in, of the art scene in Mexico. Uh, and uh, two years ago, we started this different thing along, alongside the performance. Uh, a week before the, the show, we offer a week of free workshops to anybody that wants to take part in them. And they are workshops, uh, not just ballet classes, uh, but uh, they are choreographic workshops, they are costume-making workshops, they are uh, stage-managing workshops, they, they, anything that, that, could, that could relate to the art form in any sort of way. Uh, we bring people from all over the place. We do dance photography workshops. We do cinematography workshops for, 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 the, uh, for movies that, that focus on dance or, or anything anything like that. And uh, the first year that we, that we started that, uh, the English National Ballet School uh, came to Mexico City and held auditions uh, for the first time ever in, 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 in Latin America. Uh, and they offered, uh, I believe, 18 scholarships, uh, that was two years ago, to 18 Mexican dancers. Uh, this last year that we, uh, that we organized this, uh, the San Francisco Ballet School came and held auditions, also for the first time ever in Mexico. And, uh, and it was amazing. Uh, they, uh, Patrick offered 13 scholarships to 13 uh, young Mexican dancers. Uh, two of them are actually already here in, in the school. And many more are coming next year because of their because of their age. So it, it really has been amazing uh, to have these kind of two worlds collide and to be able to to bring part of my life here over there and bring part of my life in Mexico over here. So it's it's been really really amazing. <laughs> So we are seeing Cinderella this evening, mm -hmm. and you are—you have been in this production the role mm -hmm. of Benjamin, who is the prince's friend and servant. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about the production and what the role that you play? Yeah, I—I um, I like this this uh, version of of Cinderella because I feel like it uh, it makes it more approachable. It makes it. Of course, there's elements of, uh, of like a fairy tale, but but I think Chris did a really good job in in humanizing the the, the story and making it more relatable in, and in a way more more possible. Um, I think it's it's great that that you kind of get a, a short insight into what the main characters' lives were like as as children and. 
uh, I think that adds like a different layer for, for people to connect to it. And um, it, it, it kind of removes that, uh, that idea that for such a long time, uh, like Disney movies enabled for a long time because uh, it was like you meet the prince, you get married, you don't know anything else, and then that's it. Like happy, happy ending. Um, and, uh, and so I think, like, even if it's very brief, the fact that Cinderella and the, prin the prince meet uh, in the first act and not under the circumstances of, like, oh, he's a prince and I'm Cinderella, he, they meet as, as people. I think that, that, that to me, makes it, makes it more real. You, you get a, a not so a not-so-shallow version of the, of the story. It's not about him being a prince, it's about who he is as a person. Um, my, my role in the ballet is, is kind of, I'm, I'm kind of like his, his sidekick. I, I, uh, I, I'm not quite, um, I, I don't quite understand uh, the responsibility that he that he has and the the importance of of his decisions, you know, and and why he needs to meet a girl in order like when he can just we can just keep running around causing trouble, uh, you know, like why 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 does he need that? Um, so I don't know. I I have fun kind of playing this guy that he's just he's just having a good time. He's trying to enjoy life I think and uh, and wants his friend along along for the ride but I think I I also understand and and I'm supportive of him whenever he does find um, someone someone that he actually likes <laughs> you have another role coming up in mm -hmm. which you're somewhat mischievous right. uh, in a midsummer night's dream um, as Puck and it's been interesting seeing the different interpretations that different dancers put into that role because it's so mysterious. Right. Do you ha how much room is there for that in, in that? Well, um, Sandy, uh, Sandy Jennings, uh, who came to set, our, set, it, set the ballet for us, um, she was very good at explaining kind of the, the base of who Puck is. But also left us quite a lot of room for for interpretation. You know, it wasn't ever something that was like it has to be like this and it has to be like that and you're supposed to be like this and uh, and and I love that because I think it allows us as dancers to use our imagination and and use whatever we we know about the role or or don't uh, to our to our advantage. I think. You can you can create more genuine characters that way because and in a way make them more relatable to to audiences um, because it's not just this uh, this character that you're playing you're you're also putting part of yourself into it and and in that way you become it's not so much me as Puck but me in that setting with the abilities that Puck has and all of that, but using my own experience and my own imagination to, to think like, oh, well, what, what would I do uh, if, if I, because, because the character, like I, 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 
I'm, I guess you could say I'm somewhat mischievous. <laughs> um, so, so it's not not too difficult to to imagine. Um, so it was it, it was uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to get to to explore that that role, uh, but also the role of Ober, of Oberon, because I, I I am learning both, and so to get to to perform both roles and to see the contrast between the two of them and also like have to switch between one or the other it 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 was really fun it was really fun <laughs> um we can open it up now for questions from the audience if you have anything that you'd like to ask so the question here is what is your dream role um i mean there are a lot of things that i would like to dance um out of the top of my head, I would say uh, La Bayadere has always been a, a ballet that I've that I've always wanted to to try out. Uh, I think the role of Solor would be would be great. Um, but I also I would like to do something that that is so, that it doesn't that doesn't quite suit me. That it's not. Who you like? If you saw me, you would not expect me to play that part. I think that's important as as a dancer to feel like you can become anybody. Uh, I think any of us can become anybody, uh, given the the um, yeah, given the chance. I think uh, so. Things like uh, like. Romeo in Romeo and Juliet, or uh, even uh, Siegfried in Swan Lake, which you know you you wonder what does a prince look like? Well, a prince could look any way, just like a princess could look any way, and and a villain could look like the nicest guy ever. You know, <laughs> so, so I just uh, I think that's that's one of the most uh, special things about dance is that you you get the chance to become anybody you you want to be. <laughs> we probably have time for one more question. Do you do anything else uh, besides um, ballet? Is the question. I uh, I have two dogs, <laughs> so <laughs> so that takes up a lot of a lot of my free time. Uh, uh, I I like to read. Uh, I used to play the piano when I was when I was a kid, and uh, I I really not just because uh, I am a dancer, but I really love classical music. Uh, so anytime I get to sit on the piano or or at the piano and play whatever I can remember. It makes me feel. It makes me feel good. Uh, uh, people ask me what I would do if I was not a ballet dancer, and I, I would have loved to be able to be a concert pianist. I think that would just be. It would be amazing to have, to be able to sit at a piano and just play amazing music. I think that would just be amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. Mm, thank, thank you. you. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to San Francisco Ballet's Meet the Artist podcast. For more podcasts and other audience engagement programs, check out sfballet.org or your favorite podcast player.